Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Now joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville dot net well i realize kevin we're only maybe a half a dozen maybe a little bit more than that into the bracket north carolina continues to expand its lead over market 51 25 with uh 37 seconds left in the first half holy smokes they're running away with that north carolina um do you do you do a bracket kevin I do a bracket. Um, I have to uh, admit, I have not done one this year. I have been on. Uh, I've been on my back for a couple of days, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Coming off, of, right? I, I had a run with COVID there for a while, and I don't know what's up this time. You might hear it in my voice, but I actually didn't get a bracket done this this year. So, well, that's okay, uh, you're excused. <laughs> Are you feeling been, that? I, I, if you haven't noticed, my Twitter hasn't been nearly as active as it normally is. Yeah, I mean, about, I've, 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 thought, I've thought many times about blocking you, but knowing that as many as you post, it probably bleed on through that, um, you know, you can't block everything. But no, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate that you uh, have not been feeling well. So uh, are you going to be able to lock in tonight on Arkansas and Vermont? Yeah, this is a better day for me. I've been doing my bank work most of the day, and I wanted to get a bracket out. I knew I had to get it out this morning. I just didn't get to it. So didn't get one, but, um, you know, I'm not really surprised by some of the outcomes so far. You know, Baylor uh, won big today. I, I thought they would. You know, when you get a 16-1, and one, that doesn't really surprise anybody. I thought Tennessee, um, you know, continues to roll again, much higher seed as a three seed. Uh, but we've seen what the 14 seeds can do. We saw last year when Arkansas was a three, what, you know, Colgate gave the Hogs trouble. Uh, but then we've had what I consider really the first true upset, and that's Richmond over Iowa. That just yeah. finished. Uh, you know, the, you know, Iowa, when you, when you look at those five twelves, you see a lot of upsets every year, and sometimes you wonder, is it really an upset? Both of those teams, by the way, had to run, they both ran through their conference tournaments to win their conference tournament. So you wondered – you know, which team stayed hot. It was a close game. Uh, you know, uh, Richmond ends up winning that one. So, I, you know, technically Michigan uh, uh, beating um, Colorado State, that was an upset. If you look at the seedings, I don't can really consider that much of an upset. Um, but but seeding-wise, it was 6-11. And then you had Memphis as a nine beating Boise State. Um and right now you've got Georgia State giving Gonzaga all at once. It's a close game at halftime. The sixteen and one seed, so Georgia State out of the Sun Belt. How much do you put in to what the national experts are predicting that Vermont is going to upset Arkansas to continue that trend four versus thirteen, but then you listen to – that may have been one of the few times 
except after a loss. But in a press conference that I detected an edge in the voice of Eric Musselman. Last year, it may not have ticked him off that Colgate was the uh, uh, the toothpaste favorite of the media. But in this case, I think it ticked him off that uh, Vermont is being picked as the Cinderella knockoff Arkansas. Uh, how much do you think Eric Musselman is going to use this to his advantage? He said he's going to use it. He's going to keep reminding the kids of it, I'm guessing, all the way up until game time. Could that, on the other hand, possibly backfire? Muss is going to squeeze out every advantage he can out of the tube. And if he sees something as a slight or there's an angle to work something, he'll do it in a way that that he doesn't think will backfire, and usually it doesn't. Um, and I just think that, you know, when you look at Arkansas um, and, and the season this team's had, it was a bit, you know, it looked like it might be a roller coaster once you got into January. But just like it was a year ago, there was no roller coaster. Once they started winning, they kept winning. Now, granted, they've lost two of their last three. Uh, you know, Vermont's a team that hasn't lost since February 14th. But, I mean, it's questionable playing in the American East since those are the only teams that the that Vermont's faced really once conference play started in early January going 17-1. and one, What does that really mean? Um, you know, Vermont's kind of history. Back in 2005, as the 13th seed upset, four seed uh, Syracuse. It really kind of put Vermont on the map, but that was 17 years ago. Yeah, this program's been in the NCAA tournament three of the last six years, but, I, you know, and, and if you look statistically, if you look at some of the things that Vermont's good at, they don't foul a lot. They don't give up a lot of free throw attempts. That's one of Arkansas's biggest strengths on offense for a team that's not necessarily a smooth operator on the offensive end. Arkansas finds ways to get to the free throw line and manufacture points that way. Well, something's got to give there. So there's other examples of some of the things that, you know, that, that Vermont does well um, that may be, you know, that's going to challenge Arkansas and something's got to give. I just, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not really listening to any of the experts that say Vermont's got an edge here. A few years ago, when in the last year that Mike Anderson took Arkansas to the tournament, it was the NCAA tournament, uh, I believe it was 2017-18, Arkansas was the better seed, uh, a seven versus Butler, which was a ten, and most of the experts picked Butler. The analytics had Butler, and sure enough, Butler won that game. Uh, so you don't ever just completely ignore it. But I, I think Eric Musman's going to have Arkansas ready. He's had time to prepare, uh, and I, I, you know, I'll be surprised if Arkansas loses this game. I won't be shocked because it's the NCAA tournament, and these are all good teams. I just think it's advantage Arkansas, not just because they're the higher seeded team. I just think that, um, you know, the Razorbacks with everything they've got going for them right now uh, will survive in advance. Uh, now, most of their games against good teams are close, so I'm not predicting a blowout or, or a cakewalk. I'm, I'm, you know, if it's a close game, I just put, I just believe Arkansas finds ways to win most of those in most of situations like that, and I think if it comes down to that today, the Razorbacks will survive in advance. Kevin, this is a Vermont team that has not one, but two, what you would say, maybe even three for that matter, if you – want to throw in Finn Sullivan, but you got Ryan Davis, who's 6'8", who plays more like a two-guard than he does a small or maybe even a, a power forward. And then Ben Shingu, who leads the way 
with 63 made three-pointers. That being said, who do you focus on if you're Arkansas? Who does who does Adis Tony? Who is going to be his matchup tonight? Yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, you know, you talked in Finn Sullivan was the other name I think you mentioned. Uh, yes, but, but yeah, you've got you've got Shingu with sixty three made threes. You got Davis with over forty. So between them, they've knocked in over a hundred, and they shoot at a high clip, um, over forty one percent for both of them. And with Arkansas, it's not necessarily that they find ways to scheme and take out more than one guy. It's usually one guy, though, and we're gonna. That's going to be interesting to see because they only have two players averaging double figures. That's Davis and Shingu, but the other ones are capable. Um, some of these other players, Isaiah Powell, Deloney, uh, Missoula. So they've got several guys that are right there on the cusp. And Arkansas, I promise you, will find some way to scheme one of these guys to have an off night. And, and usually that's been a good enough formula for the Razorbacks. Who's it going to be? That's an interesting question. We're going to find out. But I do think Arkansas, because of Arkansas, you know, you talk about positionless basketball and Davis being, you know, kind of versatile for a 6'8 guy, not your typical 6'8. Arkansas has versatility in its lineup. And especially when you look at Tony and, and Amudi um, playing sort of that 3-4, you know, Tony defends on the wing, but he plays around the basket on offense. Uh, Amudi's good in the mid-range. He's gotten, you know, he's really been hot from three. Not necessarily as much a shot creator as just a, 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 a shot finisher. Um, and then defensively, he's also versatile. So I'm, I'm interested to see how those matchups develop. Um, and then Devo Davis, I still think, is a big key for this team off the bench. I think Arkansas is going to need him playing. Uh, we saw him play better in the second half of SEC play. Uh, he had a couple of rough spots maybe down here down the stretch, Then I thought he kind of bounced back against A&M in a game where Arkansas, you know, played its way out, and that game was just a tough tough game overall. But um, And then, obviously, you, you need J.D. Mote and Jalen Williams to do what they've been doing and uh, but I think Arkansas is going to be just fine at both ends. Speaking of J.D. Note, who do you see that Vermont's going to have that can match up with Note, or do you see this being a gimmick type of defense, just trying to make sure that they do keep J.D. Note as much of in front of them defensively as possible? Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of teams have success trying to match up with him one-on-one. It's been more about his decision-making um, and whether he's having an off night or, or not because he doesn't have problems getting shots off and, and creating a playmaking advantage. When teams have success or when they're able to throw junk stuff at him, like, you know, like we saw LSU do in Fayetteville, um, we've seen teams funnel him using multiple guys, maybe away from getting to the middle or getting downhill. So those are the types of things when you look at a team defense. You know, How do they scheme it? How good, effective are they? And we've seen J.D. Note make good decisions when the, when, the, when the drive is not there and the help comes and get off the ball quickly so that the ball can move and it's a numbers advantage. And then we see games where maybe sometimes he hesitates to do that and tries to do a little too much. So a lot of it's about, you know, his mindset. But I think, you know, it's going to be hard for any team uh, to, to take, take J.D. Note out with one player. And I, so I don't see anybody uh, for Vermont having an edge there. Are you up for another segment? Absolutely. All right, hang in there. That's Kevin McPherson. They're known as Hoops. And we're joined again by Kevin McPherson. They're known as Hoops Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. 
Hey, Kevin, and, uh, I got a question yeah. for you. you. You look at the NCAA tournament, and you look at the really good teams, and so many of them, are the, their rosters feature prominent freshmen. Here's a game tonight where Vermont starts five seniors, and the Razorbacks don't have a single freshman that plays. So is this going to be one of the more experienced versus experienced games in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think it will be. And I, I've kind of been paying attention to some of that as well, uh, Rick. And, you, you know, Arkansas last year had multiple freshmen it counted yeah. on and relied upon yeah. out of that 2020 class. I mean, when you look at the rotation, your top five, six rotation, half of it was, was freshmen between Moses Moody, Debo Davis, and Jalen Williams at that point. This year, Arkansas's got, you know, I mean, you, you, you consider sophomores in this day and age to be veterans anyway. And then you've got the the, the transfers that Nelsonman brought in. He always brings in senior grad transfers. And two years in a row now, that those guys make up part of the heart of the rotation as well. And then you have J.D. Note, who's, you know, kind of a blend. I mean, he came to Arkansas. This is his second year after sitting out a year. Uh, but he came in as a transfer. So Arkansas has got a, a team with a lot of guys. I mean, you look at – we talked about Tony and Umine and the roles they played this year and how important they'll be for Arkansas to make any kind of a run. This is their first NCAA tournament, by the way. So even though they're veterans, this is their first dance. And then, you know, Vermont um, – Obviously, like you said, it's just a senior-laden veteran team. So you're not going to see, you know, I don't care how veteran your team is, when you get in the NCAA tournament, there's usually some jitters. There's usually some mistakes made uh, because of the stage you're on. Uh, so I think both teams might go through some of that. You might see what you'd call freshman mistakes. But uh, I do think the fact that both teams have veteran players is an interesting dynamic in this game because, like you said, so much, so many times, some of the bigger name schools, some of the higher seeds, a lot of what they've accomplished has been helped by very new players, freshmen, some of the top level freshmen out there. Well, the other point to make to that, Kevin and Rick, is the fact that last year in the tournament it was all in the bubble. It was all in Indianapolis. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, uh, crowds could not have been more than forty five hundred yeah. max. I would think at any. A particular game, and then combine that with um, a, a full arena. Now I don't know what the capacity is there in Buffalo, but doesn't it in the home of the Sabers, the yeah, Buffalo Sabers? I, I think it's in the eighteen thousand range. Yeah, I think eighteen yeah. to twenty thousand range. So, uh, and then I read where Vermont's uh, home capacity was like thirty-two, thirty-five hundred. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's going to be a culture shock, I would think, to a certain degree uh, to begin with. And most arenas uh, like that are open. So you've got, you've got to also in, uh, adjust to that open background uh, that's behind both baskets. Yeah, and exactly. um, So that's an adjustment into itself. Of course, that's what the so-called shoot-around is all about. But I just think it's, uh, it's an intriguing matchup. Uh, switching gears for just a moment, Kevin. Uh, this no longer can be considered a bridgeway between the end of the bowl season and the start of spring football when you've had not quite half, almost half of the previous setting head coaches in the Southeastern Conference hmm. gone. One of them, Mike White, just made the move from Florida to Georgia, but it was pretty much known 
the moment that Ben Howland and Mississippi State lost in the NIT, he was going to be fired. That hammer dropped today. So now you've got Missouri. You've got South Carolina. Uh, Florida's looking for a head coach. Now Mississippi State's looking for a head coach. I mean, is this now, shall we say, a basketball league? Well, it is. I mean, it, it's a football league. It's it's a baseball league. It's a basketball league. Yeah, SEC, everything. Yeah. And it's set a high standard. But I think if you look over the past few years, uh, with with the upgrades in coaches, facilities, and some of the success of programs outside of Kentucky, you know, Florida for a couple of decades, Arkansas when it entered the SEC had been strong in basketball, started that way in the league, has has made a comeback, and I think. In the SEC, it's so competitive, um, you know, all the way down to gymnastics and other sports that that maybe don't get as much attention uh, and, and find itself on television, national television everywhere. It's just competitive in this league, and so it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, it's a basketball league. And, uh, when you look at the fact that, you know, six of the 14 teams made the NCAA tournament this year, that is tied for the second most for a conference behind the Big Ten at nine, which I thought maybe was a little gracious for the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan helped make that look like a good decision today with its win. But, um, yeah, I think the SEC has been really good in basketball for several years. Even the years when it was folks thought it was down, I've always felt like the recruiting, the level of player in the league, um, and the ability to compete in any in any format, whether it was a non-conference play, in-conference, or postseason, I always thought the SEC, for the most part, was maybe a little, the respect level wasn't quite where it needs to be. But I think now, because of the coaching, uh, some of the names that have come through this league in recent years, and some of the results in postseason, I think it's elevated on a more national level and being recognized for the quality that that it's had. Would you think, on the other hand, when you say LSU, even when you say Mississippi State, that's going to limit, though, the pool of possible candidates, particularly LSU, because you don't know how deep uh, the impact is going to be once they finally get to the point of, of, all right, here are the actual penalties. But one thing that I thought was uh, extremely interesting about the Mississippi State job uh, according to the latest U.S. available U.S. Department of Education data, Mississippi State spends less on men's basketball than every other program in the SEC. Wow. $7,373,000 in 2019 20. That's half as much as Vanderbilt reported wow. spending. That's amazing. Isn't That's it? a surprise. Yep. Yeah. So uh, do I want to cast my lot with uh, Mississippi State, knowing that they are dedicating those few resources? All right, Kevin, we will talk with you. Take care, my friend. Get well. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net.